today's a special day because we're winding up a series around here that we've been in for seven weeks, right? Seven weeks we've been talking. And listen, we're in the book of Proverbs and we're only in one chapter in seven weeks. That's how rich this book is. Uh, you, you should read the book of Proverbs. And I know we've honored graduates today. There may be some grads watching, or maybe you're 16, 17, whatever. One of the highest compliments through this series has been people who are teenagers who have said they've appreciated so much the uh, messages of each week. And I'm just telling you, if you would read the book of Proverbs and apply it to your life, uh, it would change your life because he talks about everything, pretty much everything. Uh, in this book, and it'll give you wisdom uh, for your life. 31 chapters, you can read it in a month, reading one chapter per day. And today we're going to pick up where we left off in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 11. And so uh, be sure and get your Bible, get it ready, and we're going to read this together. Here's what it says, my child, and notice this, it's like he's talking to his kid, and, and so it's, it's like learning from another generation. How many have done that? You know, you, you tried to sit with grandma or grandpa or maybe with your mom and dad, and they were telling you, hey, I'm just telling you, don't do what I did. And, and so it's like that. That's kind of what, what this is like. And so he's saying, my child, don't reject the Lord's discipline, and don't be upset when he corrects you, for the Lord corrects those he loves just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. How many are ready for this today? Are you ready? God's correction leads to God's direction. All right? And it, and it brings it in our lives. So how does it do this? How does it do this? How many, you, you at least know some people who had to learn the hard way. Anybody related to one of those? Anybody, don't raise your hand, married to one of those. No, don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. All right, so, so we, we, we maybe know some people that, that you know, you're going to get a ticket. But they kept speeding, and sure enough, and you know what? It can happen again and again, right? And, and some people just have a hard time learning. And th this is what he's going to talk about today, is how God corrects his people. Just like a loving father corrects his children, uh, God wants to correct his, his, his children. But listen, we, we can despise it and we can reject it in our lives, and it'll lead to wandering and drifting and things like that. And let me tell you something. Nobody ever drifted into greatness. Nobody ever like, well, I don't know how I became a success. I didn't even work hard. I didn't do anything, you know. It just happened. No, no, most everybody, you know, they, they put some effort to it. There, there's, and some people, it, it was a lot of hard work and a lot of learning and, and adapting and, and, and getting principles from other people. Look at what Proverbs 10, because Solomon's not done with this topic, okay? Like many of the other topics that we've looked at over the last six weeks, 
he comes back to it again. And here he comes back to it, and he says, whoever heeds instruction is on the path to life. But he who rejects reproof not only messes himself up, but he messes others up. How many have ever gotten mess on you from somebody else's stupidity, right? I mean, they're dumb choices and whatever. He says, it, it leads others astray. And, and so here's, here's this principle, is that correction keeps us from straying. All right? It keeps us from straying. I talked to a guy this past week who is a minister, and he was on staff in a huge church, one of the largest churches in the country, uh, for a number of years, married for 25 years, and divorced. And I was like, what happened? You know? I mean, you're a minister. You know, you're, you've, you read the Bible a lot, I would think. And God working in your heart and life, I would think. So how do you wind up divorced after 25 years? I would think you're over the hump. You know what I'm saying? He said, here, here's what he said. He said, my wife and I drifted. That's what happened. We got focused on the kids and, and just all about the kids, and we drifted apart. And, and so it, it wasn't overnight. We just drifted. And how many know there's a danger in drifting? If somebody's watching right now and you're drifting, listen, I want to wake you up to realize, hey, get back. You know, if your marriage is drifting, let me tell you something, when to fix it? Now. Because there's danger ahead. If you and your business partner are drifting, let me tell you something, it's going to be a rocky road ahead. Because no one ever drifted into greatness. And, and so we need to understand this. But let me tell you something, some of the trouble that we have, it's, it's actually, it's good for us. You ever felt that way? Yeah, did you know that gravity is good for you? Gravity is good for you. If we send someone out into space and they stay out there for a long time, zero gravity and all, and, and if they don't do exercises, by the time they come back, if they come back weeks later, did you know they'll hardly be able to walk? That, that they'll be weak? And, and won't hardly be able to lift things because your muscles just kind of atrophy. In other words, gravity makes you stronger. It works for you, not just against you. And, and yet we don't like the force against us, do we? We don't like the tough times, but let me tell you what tough times do. They build tough people. How many of you, you're tougher than you were? And so God has a way of taking us through tough times. But listen, not just God, but we have a way of finding trouble ourselves. Anybody with me? 
Like, like some of you, the reason why you have trouble and the reason why the devil uh, gives you trouble is because you let him in the house. Did you know there's a verse in the Bible that says, don't give the devil a foothold? Don't give the devil a foothold. Now, I didn't grow up big time in this generation. It was kind of before my time. But, but I, I understand that a lot of people used to go door to door for sales, Right? Some of you maybe remember that when, when people would come and they, they come to the door and they say, oh, I got this encyclopedia and I want to I show this to you and everything. And, and here's what they'd want to do is get their foot in the door. Because if they could get their foot in the door, you'd still hear them. And they could keep on talking. Right? And, and they'd say, oh, it's a, if you just give me a few minutes in your living room, if you just, all right, come on in. Show me that broom or whatever, you know? And, and so they knew. But, but if that door's shut, I'm out of luck. If they get the door shut, I might as well go to the next house. Let me tell you something. There's some people here today, maybe somebody watching online, the reason why you've got problems in your life is you gave the devil a foothold. You, you opened the door. You, you allowed him in. Listen, the reason why he's in your living room is because you let him in the door. Here's the best way to keep the devil out. Don't open the door. Don't ever open the door. Don't start down that trail. Don't, don't start down that way. You know, uh, uh, keep away from that. And what happens is, is we let him in, and then we're saying, God, get him out. And God says, Why'd you let him in? Why'd you let him in in the first place? See, some of us, we need stop signs in our lives or we wouldn't stop. How many of you, though, you'd say, oh, I'm glad for stop signs, but my neighbors don't always think it's a stop sign, you know? They think it's slow down and, and if nothing's gone. But I'm just thankful they even slow down, right? I mean, you're glad they just at least slow down. And, and so we need some stop signs in our life. We need some gravity. We need some things that, that come at us to help us. Here's how the psalmist put it. Psalm 119 verse 67 says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I obey your word. Right? Some of you... Before you, you had that trouble, you didn't learn. But once the trouble came, you learned what was going on. And, and see, some of us, through this pandemic, we've allowed other things to come in and take the throne from Jesus in our lives. Some of us need to put Jesus back on the throne today. Okay, because through the pandemic, maybe some responsibilities, some, some priorities got shifted and some different things. And some of you allowed your job to get on the throne or you allowed money to get on the throne like we talked about last week or you allowed your kids to be on the throne like my friend that I was talking to that they, they put the kids on the throne. And the next thing they know, that, that they had trouble in their lives. Let me tell you something. Only Jesus should be on the throne. Can I get a good amen today? Huh? Huh? Jesus 
Some of you, some of you right there in your living room, you need to just declare it over your living room, declare it over your house. I'm not giving the devil a foothold any longer in this house over my kids, over my money, over my mind, over my spirit. I'm, I'm kicking the devil out today and I'm putting Jesus back on the throne. And so some of us, we, we need to do that because, listen, it, if you don't stay, you'll stray. And, and so you, you've got to stay in focus. And, and sometimes what helps us is a little bit of a reminder, a little bit of correction. Here's the second thing, is correction also provides direction when it provides for our learning. Correction provides for our learning. We're enlightened by correction. I heard a story about an old country guy that came into the bank, in this country bank, and he went in there and had a check, and he says, I want to cash this check. And the teller says, well, okay, but I need you to sign the check for me. Sign the back of the check. And he said, I ain't signing nothing. And she says, well, you got to sign this check or I can't give you the money. And he says, I ain't signing it. And she says, well, then I ain't giving you the money because you got to sign it in order for me to give you the money. And he says, and I told you I ain't signing nothing. So she went over and got the president of the bank out of his office and he came over grabbed that guy by the back of the collar, smacked his head down a few times on the counter and said, now sign that check. And he took the pen and signed the check. And he went back to his office and she says, well, how come you signed the check for him and not for me? She, he said, because you didn't explain it like he did. <laughs> how many need a little explaining? To be able to get it. Need some help to understand it. Moses one day, he, and this happened every day. People would line up and they would come to him for wisdom. They would come for him for judgment. They would come, say, I, we, just, we got a dispute at work and we need you to, we got a marriage issue. We, need, we got a situation with our kids. We need your help. And, and Moses would sit there all day and help people give advice and therapy and all this kind of stuff and, and, and a word from the Lord and all these things. And people would just come to him. And his father-in-law, Jethro, watched this. He saw what was happening. And he saw all these people, you know, lined up out in the heat of the day for hours waiting to get to Moses. And then he saw how drained Moses would be from all of this, just how exhausting it would be to meet with all these people all day long. And so he goes to Moses. He says, Moses, this thing that you're doing, it's, I appreciate the energy and everything you're putting into it, but I've got an idea. And my idea is, you're a smart guy, and you've got smart people, and you could place your hands on them and bless them and, and, and kind of notarize them in a way to be your representatives. 
And, and they could go out there and make judgments with the people. And if a case got so hard that they couldn't figure it out themselves, then they could send those to you. But then the people wouldn't have to line up all day like this. And you know, here's what Moses didn't do. He didn't say, you're old. Get away from me. I'm about to create an app for this. I'm about to figure something else out. You know, you, you had your time. You had your moment, old man. No, no. I want you to see what Moses said in Exodus 18, 24. Here, here's what it says. Moses, he did what? He listened to his father-in-law's advice. Can you imagine? He didn't say, you're my in-law. I hate my in-laws. I don't want anything to do with you guys. No, he didn't say that. And look at what he did. He followed his suggestions. And do you know what happened? The people were thrilled. The people were happy. They're, they're like, Moses is the smartest guy around. He was so smart, he figured out how to divide this up. He figured out how to make the lines shorter. Man, that Moses, he is a great leader. And here's what happened. Everything went great because of this decision. You know why? Because Moses took advice. He took advice from someone older than him, more experienced down the road, a little bit further than him. I remember when we were meeting in the movie theater, and it was quite the operation, all right, because we hauled all this stuff in, and all some of you were there, others of you that weren't there. I'm telling you, you missed a broken back, you missed some Advil, you missed some whatever, you know, because we would haul in stuff and 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 all every week, set up all this lighting, all this sound, all these tables, all this carpet, all this for preschool classes, nursery, everything, and and all and do it all over again the next week. And so it was amazing. We had coffee, whatever, almost everything we have now, we had going on then. And this friend that I knew in ministry, he came and visited the church, and he was, like, blown away. He was just like, wow, I mean, you got a lot going on. This, this is amazing. And I said, oh, yeah, it's awesome. Our people just, you know, come in, set all this up, and tear it all down. It's just, it's just phenomenal. And uh, he said, well, I'm, I'm getting ready to plant a church in, in, a, in a short amount of time. And I said, oh, well, you know, if you want to go to lunch or whatever, I'll be glad to go to lunch and talk through everything that we do and how we do it and whatever. And you, you can kind of get in on what, what all this took to pull this all off and everything. And uh, so he left that day and never called me. Never went to lunch. And he started the church. And uh, as far as I know, it closed after a couple of years. And I think about that. And not that I had all the answers, but I had some. I had a few. We, we had over... Over 200 people coming to a movie theater. And, and let me tell you something. If, if you've never done that, try it, okay? Because it, it, it's, it's not easy. And, and so 
Some of us, we don't learn because we don't allow ourselves to grow. Look, look how he said, uh, Solomon says, don't be upset and reject the correction. Don't, don't, don't despise it. Don't turn it away just because it's coming from your father-in-law. Just because it's coming from somebody else. And, and, and listen, don't get mad at God when you let the devil in in the first place. Hello? Yeah, it amazes me when people get mad at God when it was their own dumb decision that caused all of it. Blaming God. Let me tell you something. That the mark of maturity is receiving correction. Here's what Proverbs goes on to say in 13, 24. Whoever spares, listen parents, whoever spares the rod hates their children. You hate your children. And you say, no, 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 I love them. No, no, you're you're not correcting them and that hate, you're hating on them is what it says. Because the one who loves their children is careful to discipline. And, and look at Proverbs 3.12. Because the Lord, and here's how the Lord operates. Because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. God says, uh, you know, it's kind of like you. You correct your children, I correct my children. You do it out of love, I do it out of love. As a matter of fact, if you're under the correction of God today, did you know it proves you're a child of God? It proves you're a child of God, that God is your father. And, and let me tell you something, when, when that's happening, your pain is not in vain. God is working all things together for your good. And what's important is that you learn from it. Did you know that this verse, these verses that we we read today from Proverbs, they're so big, they're so important that God repeated them in the New Testament. Well, I just kind of geek out on stuff like that because I'm just like, oh, wow, that's got to be something. Because he doesn't repeat every verse in the Old Testament in the New Testament. Hello? He he doesn't do that. And, And so... Here, here's one that God said, this is so important, I'm going to say it again. Now, I don't know about you, but I think I better listen up. If God, a few hundred years later, says, that was so good, what I said back there, I'm going to say it again and have somebody write it down. So here it is, Hebrews 12, 5. And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? And it says, where's it say? Back in Proverbs 3 that we just read. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as a son. Again, it's a proof that you're a child of God. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as your as his children for what children are not disciplined by their father who loves them. If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate 
not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How many of you, when, when they were doing that, you, you, you didn't like it, but you respected them for it? You know, it, it's, it's amazing how many kids will want to hug you after you spank them. Why? Because they feel loved. They, they know you wouldn't do that if you didn't care about them. If you didn't want them to wind up messed up one day kicked out of school or whatever else, defiant or whatever. Hello? So, so they're respected. How much more should we submit to the Father of spirits and live? We, we should accept it from God. They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness, no discipline seems pleasant at the time. Can I get a big amen there? Oh, no, thank you. Woo. No, mm. yeah. How many put everything you could get in your pockets, right? All right, let's get back to this. All right, doesn't seem pleasant at the, at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Listen, it's a sign of sonship, and it helps us to understand and to learn, but some people don't learn. Let me read some more. Proverbs 12.1, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. You're learning something through this. But whoever hates correction is stupid. I may need it a little clearer than that. Proverbs 15.32, those who disregard discipline despise themselves. You're hating on yourself when you don't pay attention to it. But the one who heeds correction gains understanding. So, so it helps us so that we can learn. So, see, here's what happens. A lot of people think, oh, I need to move. I need to get away from here. I don't know who's watching today and where you live, but you think, now, where I live, I don't need to live. And this job I've got, I, geez, I need a new job. Be my fifth one this year, but I'm telling you, all the other four were not good, and the people there, and whatever, and all, and this relationship I'm in, and this marriage, and whatever, and I, I just, I, I need to do something new. Let me tell you something. You know what needs to be new? is your attitude. Because if you don't, you're going to move wherever that is and the same attitude's going to follow you. And, and you're going to take this job over here and guess what? That same attitude is coming over. And you're going to get in this relationship and guess what? Same. Let, let me give you this common denominator in all those things. You. Hello? 
It's you. And until you get a new you, I'm preaching to somebody right now who's thinking, I need to get out of this. I need to, and you're in a danger of drifting. You're in a danger of making a decision, making a choice. And I'm telling you, what needs to change right now is you. God wants to change you. And so when you come to, to the point where you get it and you understand this and you take wisdom and you take discernment and you understand what's going on, let me tell you something. Now you're positioned for the blessing. Now you're positioned for the blessing. Some of you want the blessing and you're not in position for it. Is that clear enough? You're not in position for it. You need to get positioned for it. Turn to somebody and say, you need to get positioned. You need to get positioned. You need to get positioned. Type it in the chat. You need to get positioned. Because the reason why some people are never settled is they never get this. In other words, let me just say it this way. You can't practice worry and live in peace. Okay, you, you can't practice work. You can't have bad habits and have good outcomes. You can't have a poor mindset and have a victorious life. You, you can't have garbage in and good stuff out. You can't eat like a pig and look like a prince. Is that clear enough? Okay, so, so we, we've got to allow, because when you disregard, Solomon says, when you disregard wisdom, when you disregard what God's trying to do in your life, you miss the lesson. You miss the lesson. Now, let me tell you something. Some of you, you had a tough time, just like this preacher friend that I talked to last week. Through the pandemic, he said, yeah, that was rough on us. I was like the icing on the cake that just messed things up. And, and let me tell you something. This pandemic, th this wasn't meant to crush you. It was meant to create in you a new strength and a new power and a new mindset. But instead, you allowed it to crush you. And what you need to do is allow it to build you up and get you ready for the next level of what God wants to do in your life. See, you got to pay for the promise. you you gotta, you got to be in the process for the, for the promotion to happen in your life. The other day, Rochelle was cutting off some flowers. She grows a bunch of flowers around our house. And, and so Alexa and I, Alexis and I were watching her, and, and she trimming off what looked like still a pretty flower. We're like, why'd you cut that off? And she said, oh, it's on its way out. And it's like, well, it ain't out yet. <laughs> you know, it wasn't out when brown or whatever, you know, I mean, a lot of color still there. No, it's on its way out. And if you don't, if you don't prune that off, more won't come. And today, God's trying to prune some people. He's trying to prune some things off that don't look like Jesus, that don't act like Jesus, that are not honoring to Jesus, 
and he's trying to prune some stuff off so that some more fruitfulness can come out of your life. How many are ready for the fruitfulness to come? So you got to have the pruning. You got to have the pruning first. And that's the reason why Solomon says, don't despise it. When God's over here cutting on something, that bad attitude, and you're like, well, why do I have to have another boss like this? Because you didn't learn it from the last one. Why, why am I always in situations where I need patience? Well, because you need patience. And you wouldn't learn it otherwise. And so God puts us in situations and, and circumstances. And, and Solomon says, so don't despise it. Learn from it. You know, it's like some of you, you maybe you, you pay a trainer. And I don't know what you pay your trainer. I don't know, 100 bucks a week or whatever it is. You pay your trainer and you show up at 6 a.m. or whatever, some ungodly hour you think. And, and you think, but I paid my money you know, and he's waiting on me or she's waiting on me and everything, so I'm going to go and you get your outfit on and you go and you show up and, and then they'll say something like this. They'll say, oh, I'm going to add some more weight and you're like, no, don't, don't worry about that. No, no, I'm just fine right here. This is, this is good. No, 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 that's too easy. Or you're on the bike and they say, oh, let me... Let me adjust that. Let me tighten that up. And you're like, get your hand off of that right now. Well, bite your hand right here, you know. And, and, and here's the thing. You, you don't leave there and go home and say, I think my trainer is trying to kill me. I, I do. I, I think they're trying to kill me. Yeah, you don't do that. No, you pay your money, you go back. And you, you get that soreness out, and then next time. What does the trainer know? The trainer knows that the tension, he, they know that the stress, they know that the pressure is good for you. And if you're going to get stronger, and you're going to get better, and you're going to recoup from that surgery that you had. It's going to take some tension in your life. Come on, somebody. It's going to take some weight in your life. It's going to take some pressure. It's going to take some work in order to get you where you need to be. And God, your Father, does the same thing. He puts us in situations because here's what he's getting ready. Some of you, he's trying to get you ready to lift some heavy weight. He's trying to get you ready to come into a whole new level in him to get you ready to where you'll be able to face off with Pharaoh and say, let my people go. <laughs> say, I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready. Here's the third thing, is, is, is this pressure in our lives, the, the, this, this correction that comes to our lives in all these different formats. Here, here's what God wants it to do. He wants it to result in us knowing. He, he wants it to result in us knowing. How many, uh, maybe you're older and... Uh, you know, you, you kind of like, you gravitate toward the word maybe seasoned. When people, you, you know, in other words, you don't want to be called old. 
I'm seasoned. I'm, how many are seasoned? You know, I'm, I'm seasoned. And, and, and so God wants us to get to a place where we're seasoned. And how many of you, you're better by being broken? It wasn't good what you went through. The divorce was awful. It was horrible. It, it was terrible. And the, the, the loss of job, the loss of your business and watching it just around you, it wasn't good. And, and the, the pressures of uh, failing in college and dropping out and different things, it wasn't good. There, there's a lot of bad to it. But how many of you, you're a better person today because of It put a sensitivity in your life toward other people. Before, you're like, suck it up. And now you're like, whoa, let me come over and cry with you. Because I've been through some stuff, and I'm better. I, I had a chance to get bitter, but instead I got better. Here's what the psalmist said. Psalm 119, verse 71 says, it was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your decree. I pray that everyone in our CFAM, everyone at Crossroads Church under the sound of my voice, whether you're in this room or you are online today, that you would get to the maturity level. Here's how you can know if you're getting deep with God. Some of you, oh, I want to get deep with God. Okay? Here's how you know. When problems come, you say, oh, this is good. I'm about to learn something. I'm about to grow. That I might learn your decrees. I know, Lord, that your laws are righteous and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. How many of you, you had to go back to your mama and say, mama, you were right. Hmm? She was an idiot when you were 16, but when you're 26, she was the smartest woman you've ever known. She knew what was best. Your dad knew what was best. And here's what God does with, with all these things that come into our life. He, he turns pressure into power. He turns conflict into a crown. He helps us to get better over time. And that's the reason why so many, like the Apostle Paul says, I will praise him in this trial. I will praise him in this difficulty. I will praise him when I feel like pulling my hair out and I can't see my hand in front of my face and I don't know what's coming next and it feels like every devil in hell is trying to beat my door down. But yet... Will I praise him? I'm about to preach if I don't watch out, all right? Here's what A.W. Tozer said. God cannot use a man or woman greatly until he wounds them deeply. See, there's no pain that should be without purpose. I don't have time to go into all the hymns that I grew up singing that were these words that, that they didn't come from a place of 
Everything's going great. Life's just a bowl of cherries. Just can't wait for tomorrow. No. A lot of them came from a place of pain. Many of the choruses that we sing today, they were birthed out of pain. They were birthed out of difficulty. And even the book of Psalms, if you've read the book of Psalms, many of them are about, God, I stayed up all night and I don't know where you were. I don't know where you are. God, are you going to let the enemy win? Really? Are you going to let evil people prosper? Are you going to do that? I mean, I mean, you read the book of Psalms and you'll read some words that come out of a hurting place, a difficult place. But let me tell you something. The purpose in your pain is not to get out of it. Will you listen? The purpose of your challenging situation, your pain right now, is not, oh, I, I just need to get out of this. Pray that I get out of this. Pray that I can get out of this right now. No, that, that's not what the purpose is. The purpose is that you get something from it. That's what's important. Or you just might have to repeat the class. You know, there, you, you don't learn geometry in first grade. There's a reason for that. You're not ready for it yet. But you go through tests. How many remember the test? And the pop quizzes. Oh, my God. Put in there what I didn't read. You ever prayed those prayers? Do a miracle, Lord. Okay, it's just me. All right. So, so anyway, all of those things, all of those tribes, they're to help you get stronger, to get better. The reason why the pressure's getting turned up, the reason why there's more weight there is God is complimenting you. I am building you up for something great that's going to happen in your life. If you just hang in there, hang in there, something's about to happen. Oh, I, believe, I feel Jesus in this place today. Man, it, it, the, the thing is, don't get rid of your problem. And, and don't walk out on God. Some, some of you are tempted maybe, oh, what kind of God lets somebody go through something like this? The same God that let his son die on the cross for you. But the story wasn't over at the cross and your story isn't over yet either. After your chapter of pain, all right, and you may have, how many have had a few of those? After your chapter of pain, God wants to put a chapter of promise, a purpose and power in your life if you'll just Stay in the process. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that our difficulties and challenges are meant to make us stronger. They're meant to draw us closer. They're meant to unleash a power like we've never known. You said you can prove your strength 
in our weakness. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you're watching online. And you say, Craig, I've been going through stuff. And maybe it's stuff where you let the devil in. It was your own fault. Or maybe somebody else let the devil in around you. Or maybe it isn't any of those things. It just somehow it's just come your way. But today, maybe you've got a new perspective. Maybe God wants to build me up through this. And God, if you're teaching me something, if your intent is that I learn something, grow through this, and develop my faith greater and stronger than God, I want that to happen. How many would join me in that prayer here in this place? Raise a hand toward God and say, yes, God, I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to develop. I want to live a life on purpose online. Just stretch your hand toward the screen right now. I'm going to pray for us. Heavenly Father, you know the trials and tribulations. You said we'll have those. But be of good cheer because you've overcome the world. And God, it's your intent to not crush us, but to create in us a whole different level of faith. And so God, today, we, take, we just renounce anything that tries to get on the throne of our lives. God, if some of us have slipped up and let something get on the throne, we kick it off today and we put you on the throne. And we declare Jesus Lord of all. And God, we believe that you can take this problem and turn it for good. That you can take this challenge and turn it into a crown. That there's nothing too difficult for you. And we believe for that in Jesus' name. While we're still praying, there may be those here today or watching online that this is the reason you walked away from God. Because somehow you thought there was a God that was supposed to do everything you wanted Him to do. That if you prayed and He didn't answer, you didn't understand that. You wanted a God who was subservient to you. Who, who would just do whatever you wanted Him to do. But I'm so glad today that I serve a God who's bigger than I am whose ways are above my ways, whose thoughts are above my thoughts. And there have been times in my life that I am so glad he didn't answer my prayers like I wanted him to because he had something better in mind. Some of you, you walked out on God, but you walked out on a God that doesn't even exist. A God of your own making that would just do whatever you wanted him to do. If you prayed, he would just answer. But today, I'm inviting you to a God who's big enough that if you come to a cross, he's already thought about an empty tomb. He's already thought about making a way through the wilderness, making a way through the sea, making a way through the situation. So maybe you walked out when today you need to walk in to God's presence. And I want to invite you back 
to the one true God who is able to take our lives and make something beautiful even from the ashes. And he'll do it yet today as we pray. If you want to receive that kind of God here this morning, would you raise your hand? Just like several in the first row. Yes, hands in this room. Online, just put your hand toward the screen right now. I'm going to pray for us. Come on, everybody pray this prayer. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me, to take my place so I could live in your place. As much as I know how, I surrender my life to you. Thank you for accepting me and washing my sins away and giving me a new start. Today I make you Lord of my life from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, somebody. Give him praise.